0: Daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I am your host Jen Amos, and today I'm excited. This person that I have today, he is known as America's favorite cybersecurity expert, Jesse Castro, who is the CEO of Freedom Managed Services. You can learn about you can learn more about him uh, and his company at the website fmsit.net. Jesse, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For people that are getting to know you for the first time, Jesse, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and how are you holding up in this new normal that we're currently in?
2: It's an interesting time for sure. Um, As far as the new normal is concerned, you have to make pivots and that's exactly what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being on shows like this is a pivot for me. I'm not used to doing these types of things, but it's great to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in business for over two and a half decades
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and it... uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. There's lots of things that have happened within that time frame. We'll talk a little bit about that, I guess, as we go forward here. But um, what we do, we're a cybersecurity company, mm-hmm. and we basically make sure that you are protected inside and out from the hackers. And I don't like to use the term MSP. You'll hear that a lot. That stands for managed service provider, but we don't like to use that term because we're not. We're, we're there to protect you, and mm-hmm. we start at the important things like your router. But mm. we, we can get into some of that stuff.
1: As yeah, well. absolutely. I, I definitely um, take cybersecurity experts for granted uh, as someone who is obsessed with the internet, but knows so little about it when it really comes to my own privacy and security um, issues. And so it'll be really interesting to uh, get into that uh, a little bit here. Jesse, I'm curious. So since you've been in business for two and a half decades, has it felt like two and a half decades for you? Or has it flown by fashion You know, like, I can't believe it's it's been this long already.
2: Yeah, that's a great question because we were just having this conversation. I can't believe it's been two and a half decades. <laughs> it seems like it was just yesterday when I started the business. Uh, and I started it purely out of the context that I was able to do support for my clients better than the company that I was working with. Wow. I had no intention on, on actually being a, a business owner, so to speak. I didn't know what that meant. Because mm-hmm. when you start business, you start with many different hats that you don't realize.
3: Mm-hmm. And most
2: small businesses start out with somebody that's very technical like I was, but you learn um, Oh, more, boy, the things that you learn going through this, through this route. I mean, I've had challenges that you wouldn't believe. I I always use the term that I'm a student of adversity
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and adversity is a great thing. It's the best learning tool that you'll ever have. Mm It is one of the most uncomfortable things, but if you learn to embrace that uncomfortableness, Mm -hmm. you'll grow. You can't grow when you're comfortable.
1: Yeah, I think very often when entrepreneurs even get asked the question, you know, did you see yourself in this position like years ago, even before you started? A lot of times we'll say no, because just like what you're alluding to, you are a student of adversity. It sounds, that, it sounds like to me, you know, you didn't get into this on purpose. It just happened as a result of you being really good at what you do.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, uh, when I started, it stems way back from when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was 11 years old, and
3: mm-hmm. I'll never
2: forget. My mom told me uh, we're gonna go get new school clothes. And uh, mm-hmm. I was 11, I thought I was starting to get kind of cool, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. And she
2: bought us these pants, and I said, I'm not wearing those. <laughs> and she said, Well, then you go out and get yourself a job. She used other words, but she said, You go find yourself a job. I said, I will.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
2: I started selling uh, a newspaper in Colorado. And I was the number one salesperson in the state for since I was twelve, all the way up to sixteen. Wow. And it gave me freedoms that I didn't have. It was also my escape from all of the different things that were going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Really, really a good time. When I started to realize that you have to keep your nose in there no matter what. You just don't quit. And that's something that that I don't use the term failure. I don't use that word at all. And because mm-hmm. it's never failure. Mm-hmm. It's only failure if you stop. Mm. What you get is an outcome.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it may not be the outcome that you were looking for,
3: mm-hmm. but it's
2: an outcome. And when you start to learn that everything is just an outcome, it allows you to go back and look at it and say, oh, I did this wrong. That's how I change. That's where that uncomfortableness comes into play. But you learn how to get around that and you should learn to start to really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you being transparent about your upbringing and how your parents divorced at a really young age. And, um, you know, your mom set some rules for you of like, hey, if you want your own school clothes, you got to get it yourself. You got to, you know, make money for yourself. And it tells me at a really young age, you uh, you valued um, having a sense of control, you know, like you mentioned, like kind of controlling like your choices and having more options and at the time it was to, um, to start this paper route. And so, um, and so, yeah, I just, I just wanted to kind of really applaud that. And, you know, having that, um, I think, having that work ethic at a very young age. Um, now, tell me, um, you know, for me, I didn't really start working. Uh, I was very fortunate to not start working till I was in college, so I got a paid internship and, and everything. But to me, it sounds like you've been working um, all your life, <laughs> essentially. And so you have to tell me, there has to be a time in your life where you experience some kind of burn, burnout.
2: Oh, yeah. That <laughs> burnout <laughs> is, a, is a real thing, and you don't really understand what that means until you actually have it. Mm. So about 2004, 2005, the economy was just really doing well. And we were doing, we were doing great. We mm-hmm. were making money hand over fist. And in 2005, I couldn't think anymore. So I was mm. so burnt out on work. People would come up to me and they'd ask me something simple, like how to change a password. I couldn't even tell you how to do this. Like somebody erased my memory, Jen. It was the scariest thing ever.
3: Wow.
2: And I could be a husband. Mm-hmm. I could be a father. I could do everything except for work. So I'm a pilot as well. Hmm. And I would get in my plane in the mornings and I would fly to, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. So I'd fly to Tucson and I'd fly to Flagstaff or I'd fly to Payson and I'd have breakfast. And then I'd fly back home. Mm -hmm. Then I'd come into the office and I would literally sit there for eight hours with absolutely nothing to contribute.
3: Wow. And I was
2: so embarrassed by it that I didn't know what to do. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I didn't know how to handle it. So I didn't tell any of my employees. I didn't tell any of my customers. All of a sudden, they just knew that Jesse was out of the picture.
1: Wow! And
2: remember, I'm the CEO. I'm the guy that I'm the face of this place. Right, right. And so they just know that I'm flying all the time. That's all they see. Mm -hmm. And the only person that really knew was my wife. Mm -hmm. And she was very supportive of it, but I was very embarrassed. I guess it was a little bit immature at that time. Didn't quite know how to handle it. Didn't know how to go out and look for help. And I guess Mm -hmm. that's one of the big lessons here is you always need to look for help. But as I was going through that process, something really bad happened. And this Mm -hmm. is the adversity we talk about. One of my employees uh, took uh, another employee and they started their own business with $150,000 worth of my customers. Wow. They had no non-compete, non-disclosures. I had no idea about those things at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I went from doing absolutely nothing in 2005 letting everybody go. I burned all of my documentation, literally, wow. because I wasn't going to let that happen again. And I started doing everything by myself mm-hmm. uh, in 2006. And I did that, I, I think I was getting maybe two or three hours a night, uh, sleep a night.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I did that for about nine months and almost killed me. Mm-hmm. And then I start, slowly started to bring other people in, but I would give them a very specific job and that's all I would let them see. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I have a lot of good people around me. I have a friend who's a, a big CEO up in Phoenix here and he knew I was making money. He just didn't know how. And so he wanted to, he wanted to outline that for me. And I still have the book today. It's, you know, it says 2009 on it and what we were doing.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
2: come in and he asked me for my documentation. I said, well, I don't have it, Alan. Because what do you mean you don't have it? I said, I I burned all of that. Yeah. What what are you talking about? And I told him the story.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And he said, Jesse, you have to get over this. Mm
1: -hmm. You
2: have to get over this. You are never going to grow. You're never going to be able to multiply yourself if you can't do this.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And it took time. It took a lot of time. I don't think I I came out of that whole funk until probably 2012 when I really started to do the documentation again. Mm-hmm. So I was able to sustain myself, still making six figures at that time um, by myself. But it's not about that. It, you, can't, you can't be everything you want to be without support, without help. You have to have other people around you.
3: Yeah. And so
2: when you go through something traumatic like that, you have to figure out what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to do when he told me those, those words. I said, Jesse, you, you have to figure this out.
3: Mm-hmm. You,
2: get, you need to go work for somebody else. Or you need to stop what you're doing and rethink and Mm reevaluate just because one person does something it doesn't mean that everybody else is going to do the same thing just Mm -hmm. the same if somebody is doing something wrong or everybody is doing something wrong it doesn't make it right right so yeah it was a very fascinating and scary time and after all of that stuff happened this is the exciting part about this this is where adversity is so beautiful because, now remember, this was in 2006 that it happened.
3: Mm-hmm. In
2: 2016, I'm growing again, really, really starting to grow.
3: Mm-hmm. We're now
2: across the country. We have clients in Canada That's and awesome. all over the United States. And I get a phone call. I'm in Disneyland at the time with my family. And I kept the number of the person I'm talking about, I told you,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that took, the, took my clients and started his own business. Mm-hmm. I kept his phone number in my phone. And my wife, I show her who's calling me. I I do this and she says, you're not taking that call. Are you?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I said, well, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. And so I get on the phone with him and the very first question I ask him is how's your wife? And he says, we're not married anymore. I said, okay, good. We can continue to talk, but listen, I'm in California. I'm in, I'm at Disneyland with my family. When I get back, I'll call you. So we come back, I come back from the, ter- the trip. I call him back up and we start talking. He says, Hey, I've been wanting to call you for a long time. I've been scared. I said, I understand that.
3: Mm-hmm. He apologized
2: and apologized and apologized. And we start talking. And he says, I see that you're really moving across the country. Oh, well, this time, of course, I have non-competes, non-disclosures, and all these other things. Yeah. And I knew what the real problem was. I knew the problem wasn't just him. And we can we talk today, and I, I'll say something. Remember when we did this? And he'll have no, no recollection of it. Wow. He was in a really seriously poor relationship. Mm. And this is something that most people don't understand and don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. When
2: you work with somebody that's at a high level, you really need to understand who else is involved in that relationship. And so the very first thing that we did when he came back is I said, hey, we need to go to dinner. I'd like to meet your new wife. Mm. We did, and she's fantastic. I love her to this day, but he's now my IT director again. Wow. And so people say, well, why would you do something like that? I said, because everybody makes mistakes. We're human.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's what
2: you do and how you respond to that that matters.
1: Yeah. I think think that's just very, um, very big of you and very admirable of you to do that because in, I mean, that individual... Traumatized you, and it took you years, you know, to really overcome that to be where you are today. And it just shows the your own personal growth to be able to pick up that phone and have a conversation with him. And I think it's very humanizing of you to ask him how's your wife, because I think very often in business we don't talk about the personal life. You know, it's it almost seems like um work takes over like everything else. Like everything else comes second. And a lot of the times that's the spouse. And so I think it's really powerful that you did that. And I think to other entrepreneurs who are in a high position or business owners, I think it's very important for them to reevaluate that and understand um, that it's not just you that's up there, but it's the person that's supporting you. And in many cases it's your spouse, it's your wife. And so I find that very profound. You know that you brought that up because I feel like even in a conversation like this, um, I I wouldn't have expected you, you know, bringing that up and asking that question um, to now once again your IT director.
2: Yeah, and you have to you have to go back and evaluate. That's a beauty of looking at things from a different perspective. When things are really really challenging, what did you do that was different? What could you do this time that will make it better? Mm -hmm. And I knew right away where that problem came from, Mm -hmm. and so as the time went on and I started to get myself back together, uh, I knew that he wasn't going to make it. And I knew that mm. because I know him on a very, very professional level. We he, still to this day,
3: mm-hmm. I
2: have never had a professional relationship like I have with this guy. We, mm-hmm. we complete each other's thoughts. Now I'll also say this, I also make it a policy that I do not become friends with any of my employees mm-hmm. because that makes things very, very challenging. Yeah. Uh, you start to hang out with these people, there are things that are, that are implied that you don't necessarily want them to have or know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they'll feel like you're left out. And uh, well, what is this guy doing? Why isn't he letting me in? Like, you know, I thought we were friends. Mm-mm. This is a working relationship.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we
2: have the greatest working relationship. And that's where it will stay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. It it just, um, you know, I, I'm really just thinking about how big it was of you to do that in that you, I think anyone in that situation would have maybe villainized him and would have just said the worst about him. But not only have you, um, you know, not only have you seen the bigger picture and really understand his, his story and what he was struggling with, but you, um, you are, you both are really close with each other and can finish each other's sentences, as you said, um, today. And so it's just a very admirable thing. And I think it's a reflection of you and your character. And I can only imagine, um, you know, the reason why, uh, your business is successful as it is today is a result of, um, you know, the adversity, like you said, being the student of adversity and really just owning that and, and being, you know, just, yeah, owning that and learning from that. Um, so thank you so much for just taking the time to share that. Cause I think that it's important for business owners and entrepreneurs to, um, to know that this life, you know, for a lot of us, I, you know, and I'm a millennial, I think about, uh, people, my generation who have not been in business for as long as you have, um, you know, um, may not have, May not have experienced that yet, and I hope that with this show and sharing your story, they'll be able to, you know, keep that in mind, and, and also, you know, um, um, have better documentation, <laughs> um, in their business.
2: Yes, you definitely need to have the documentation. Without it, you're you're going to be in trouble. But there's lots of lots of other things that happen. And one of the things I'll say that that happened to us just recently is we let uh, we'll let a client go, and I'll tell you, Jen, mm-hmm. this was a really really tough decision for me to do, but I had to do it. Uh, They're very, very large, and it was $250,000 worth of my revenue.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. But I
2: had to let them go because they were growing exponentially, and I had warned them and warned them and warned them. We hadn't raised their prices in in some time, and that was my fault. Mm
3: -hmm. But they also
2: knew what they were doing because they they wouldn't talk about it every time I wanted to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And the reason they didn't is because they knew exactly what they were doing. And any time that happens, it strains – What's going on? So you cannot fix a problem, and, and your audience needs to know this. If you're starting out and you're in five figures, mm-hmm. don't just take any client out there,
3: mm-hmm. because
2: you're going to get somebody. I I'll, I'll give you a quick example. If you're making, if you we do what is called MRR, monthly mm-hmm. recurring revenue, mm-hmm. and if you have somebody that's paying you five hundred dollars a month, it's going to take you a hundred, hundred plus hundred and fifteen customers to get to a million dollars in revenue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you, I don't know if you know this or, or if you, if you do great, if you don't, I'm going to let you know only 4% of all businesses in America ever reach a million dollars in revenue, small businesses.
3: Mm-hmm. And it, that's
2: a big statistic and there's reasons for it. It's because of what I'm talking about. You'll take a small customer and you'll, you'll let them pay you $500 a month. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, is in my case, in the IT field, I have to have 17 technicians now. Mm-hmm. So my profit margins are drastically reduced. Mm-hmm. So instead, what you have to learn is where is your target? Who are you going after? You have to really niche down or niche, as they say in Canada, to -hmm. figure out who you're talking to and how you're going to go about that. Mm -hmm. So since that, I used to do that. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, there was a time where I had 15 employees and we made money hand over fist. So I thought Mm -hmm. that year, Jen, I brought home $20,000 Wow! for myself. Everybody else got paid
1: Yeah, you yeah. $20,000. Mm-hmm.
2: So you have to go back and reevaluate. That's why I say adversity is so cool. It's such a, <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Because then you go back and you realize, oh, oh, I see. Well, now what happens if you take and you start bringing people in and they're paying you $2,000 a month? People mm-hmm. say, well, I can't fathom that. Well, they, they will. I promise you. You have mm. to be confident enough to go out there and make it happen. Yeah. Now you only need 30 customers between 30 and 38 customers to make a million dollars in revenue. Now, if it's at $5,000, you need 17 customers to make a million dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm doing that, I go from 17 technicians down to one. Mm -hmm. Now my profit margins are increased incredibly, aren't they?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: So yeah, Yeah. those those are things that you really need to, to think about when you're going through and doing this. So if you have a $30 product, you're going to mm-hmm. sell a whole, whole heck of a lot of those to get to that million dollars in revenue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that yeah. should be full. There's a, that's a magic number. You can make $800,000 in revenue. still not like making a million dollars in revenue. Once you hit that million dollar mark, there's a change.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then that struggle begins again, because now you have to start bringing in management and mm-hmm. they're always more expensive than everybody else. <laughs> but that's probably for a different show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for elaborating on that. Because I think when um, entrepreneurs initially get into business, they uh, think often about uh, their price, but they don't think about um, like the overall, uh, what do you call it, return on investment for putting that price together or the long-term of like, oh, you know, how many clients do I need to have in order to earn a certain income? I think they're just a lot of, especially starting out, they're just happy that client that they have clients, right? And so I think um, in what you described, it really paints that picture for uh, someone who is planning on being in business long-term and more importantly, wants to uh, work smart and um, have lower overhead so you can have higher uh, revenue. Uh, speaking of niche or niche markets, why don't we talk just really briefly about uh, your company, Jesse uh, Freedom Managed Services? And I know that you work with small to mid-sized businesses. Uh, tell me specifically, you know, maybe maybe what is a, a perfect client that that you had the fortune of working with?
2: Yeah, so the perfect client for us is somebody that's typically in a school mm-hmm. uh, in the education sector or in the healthcare industry, and they typically have been in business for anywhere between 10 and, and beyond years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and they also have 15 computers or more inside the organization, which takes us to that $2,000 mark that we talked about. Mm. So I don't typically work with people that uh, have less than that. And there's that there's, that's the reason why, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't, I don't, I need to be profitable.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I also need to be able to be the best at what I do And that's why they call me America's favorite cybersecurity expert, because you can devote that time to these people when you have less customers paying you something uh, that is where it should be Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of having, I'll tell you, this is just the truth and I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. It's very Mm -hmm. challenging to work with new businesses. And the reason for that is because of what you said just a second ago, Jen, they're Mm -hmm. just happy to have customers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when you do that, they don't know what they don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so there's a tendency to put blame on somebody. And I'll tell you, IT people, they are the most loved person in, in the in the company and the most hated person in the company all at the same time. <laughs> and it happens all the time. And nobody ever wants to think about what happens. I mean, we'll plan to go on a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. You'll think about all the things you're going to do there and what you're going to do and how you're going to spend your time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely you won't plan to do that for your network. So if I were to say to you, Jen, hey, there's a three-day weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be fantastic if you were able to go on this vacation because you're the director of IT and you didn't have to take your phone because you knew it was going to be taken care of 100%?
1: Oh, that'd be a dream come true. <laughs>
2: right. Those are the people that I talk to. Those are the people that matter to me. Mm -hmm. It's not about what we do. It's not about, yes, of course it's the security, it's keeping everything up and running, but Mm -hmm. it's about making sure that you, as my customer, get to do the things that you want to do outside of the workplace when you want to do them and not have to worry about what is going to happen because we have it under control.
1: Fantastic. Jesse, I feel like you can um, provide wisdom all day. <laughs> of course, all good things should come to an end. Um, wh- why don't you just share with us just some closing thoughts, maybe some final tips of wis- uh, wisdom that you want to share uh, with our entrepreneurs and small business owners that are listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur?
2: Well, like I said before, one of the things that, that you should never, ever do is let the word failure come into your, into your vocabulary. Mm. Nothing is ever failure. It's an outcome that you weren't looking for. Mm. But it's a way to go back and look and say, hey, you know what? That's great because now I know how to fix this. Yeah. The other thing I can tell you is never, ever settle. Mm
1: -hmm. Don't
2: settle because things that settle always go to the bottom.
1: Wow. That is figurative and literal. (laughs) Jesse, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Again, to our listeners, if you want to be in touch with Jesse, uh, he is the CEO of Freedom Managed Services. You can learn more about him and his company at or sorry fmsit.net. Jesse, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure having you today.
2: Thank you, Janet. My pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program,